Hello and welcome back to the last World Cup episode of Swinging at Shins. The final is done. It is all over. We are going to be back to the Prem after this episode. But this episode, we still have to cover what was probably the greatest World Cup final, at least I can remember. It was the best. I'm thinking about this? it for a while. Maybe Italy, France. The Zenadine's I mean, match. I was going to say, just because of the headbutt. Just yeah, the but, turmoil. I, I think I, I think we have to give it to this one. And we're going to get into the reasons why. But before we do that, I'm Rhett Conaway. He's Aaron Slater. Aaron, how you doing? Uh, pretty ecstatic considering I, from the get-go, got this nailed. Called Argentina from preseason and rode that pony all the way home. Yeah, you had the final. You had the winners. You had everything. Yep. You definitely won the predictions, yep. at least between the two of us. I'm sure someone out there is a more perfect bracket, but between the two of us, <laughs> we definitely won. Well, yeah. <laughs> we couldn't exactly guess, you know, Croatia was going to beat Brazil. No, no. I don't think anyone guessed that. But we're not talking about that match. We're talking about this match ended 3-3. I mean, first it ended 2-2, and then it yep. ended 3-3. And then yep. pens. Yep. I don't know if it could have ever been better, but let's get into it. First of all, first thing you noticed out of the gate, what was it? Oh, uh, well, you know, uh, actually, France actually pressing really high to try to uh, command the ball, uh, keep it away, not keep it away, but uh, keep a lot of press on to Argentina, make them feel uncomfortable. But, um, Argentina kind of broke through that, and then uh, they really just possessed the ball for most of that time afterwards. I, For me, it was Argentina played with a pressure that I have not seen them play with all tournament. One that we know that they can do, but one I have not seen them play with. They were, like, there was always the second guy. And if it wasn't the second guy, it was the third guy. It was just there was always so many people lining up to attack the ball carrier without leaving their positions. I thought it was really, really well done. And I thought it was a great way to shut France down. I thought France looked horrible in the beginning. Yep. By French standards. Um, With the caliber of players they have, absolutely. I mean, I was saying that. At least from an attacking Argentina. point of view, yeah. Yeah. Well. But you were saying that with Argentina. That. Uh, in the last match they won against Croatia, there were always two, three players on the ball swarming. So if they could have the ability to close out quickly on the ball against France, that uh, their defense is, you know, probably going to command that area well. And that's what they did. Um, you know, like you'd said. Yeah. All right. So going into it, first goal for Argentina. Was a pen, if I remember correctly. It was a pen. Um, Dembele fouled. Uh, yes, Dembele was an absolute goon and just clobbered, not even clobbered, he just clipped Di Maria, which was, what are you doing, bud? I, I understand you're the last man. guy back, but what are you doing, bud? That's actually probably where we should have started. Di Maria got the start of this match. That's and true. from like the very first minute, he proved why he deserved to be in there. 
Yeah, that dude's um, got. We we had talked about it a lot in the podcast. The right side of the French defense is where you need to be attacking them. Yeah, and a lot of teams weren't, but Argentina did today, and Di Maria was just all over Conde, just all yeah. over him, and uh, Dembele. Yeah, which led to it. I thought, I thought the penalty was a little soft. I don't think it wasn't a pen. I think it was a pen, but it was just, I don't know. You, you want the first goal in a World Cup if it's going to be a pen to be like, an, oh, my God, that was definitely a penalty moment. And yeah. this one was like, yeah. But if it was a foul play, anywhere outside the box, too, it would have been called a foul, you know? Yeah. Yep. So. Yep, I agree. I agree, which is a good thing it was called. Um, yeah. Messi – Messi doesn't miss penalties anymore, so no, that he got just... that out of his system for the first in the first game, or first in the group. Off stage. to the races. Second goal, the Di Maria goal. This oh. was on a breakaway Transition. that was started yeah. by Messi. Yep. With just a pass that I, it's like it was like a FIFA pass. I don't even know how we knew the guy was there. Oh, it was a goat pass. Are you kidding me? Alvarez was, was behind him. Yeah. And he just pinked it off him to Alvarez. Alvarez hit McAllister on the run. Yep. And then McAllister hit Di Maria, and it was just it was beautiful. There's nothing that Reese could have done. No. It's two 0 It's the 36th minute. Yep. And then Didier Deschamps had to do something. Deschamps. Sorry, is that better? I got a little more of my French down. Uh, had to make some subs. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with the subs. Well, I, I disagree the, with one of the subs. Oh, Giroud coming off? I Yeah, I think Giroud coming off was silly. Putting on Mouani I think made sense because Mouani came on for Dembele. Dembele, and that made sense because Dembele was having a howler. Oh, there was – who but said it? Thing, he was a passenger. Yeah, he's he was a passenger, a passenger for this tournament. I don't remember who exactly were the announcers on Fox, but that was probably the one line all tournament they had that was a decent yeah. line when they just <laughs> called him a passenger. And he, he very much was. Giroud coming off, I do not – I don't understand that nothing that he's doing is causing the issues that France was having. And he's going to be such a goal-scoring threat. Yeah. I mean – he did have that knock going in, apparently, allegedly. Um, yeah. So when he came off, he didn't come off looking like he had an injury. He came off looking like you just got subbed. I, anyway, you had brought yeah. up a very good point about these subs. I did. Yes, um, I had said that. You know, given five subs we might see maybe more of a transition to making, if you're playing bad, making subs in the first half and having still that three subs in the second half like you normally would prior years past, it realistically could change some of the game here. Um, I understand that there's some, like, as far as domestic leagues, they might not have the depth, but and maybe like a, a United, a city, um, Chelsea, if you're doing bad in the first half and you need to come off because you're doing that bad, take those subs. Take, you're given five subs. 
use them. Yeah. Well, not only the five subs, but I thought I thought the most poignant of the points that you made was we are really not that far removed from only having three subs. And if you use five sub, if you use two of your subs in the first half, you still have three subs in the second half, like you've only had for the entirety of what you've been doing. Yeah. It just it, it when you think about it that way, it's kind of like you know what, maybe I could. But the subs still have to be for the right guys. Now, right. Getting into it, uh, I think you can argue that maybe they were. Um, I wasn't too impressed with Theram. I think that Theram had to. He was he was on during the proper run of play, and if Giroux yes. had been on when the run of play changed, I think Giroux still would have been very well. Still would have done very well. Well, um, we but getting Dembele off, I think, helped an awful lot. But we go into halftime. It's two 0 and it remains two 0 until it, the wheels it? fall off for Argentina. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Acuna comes on for Di Maria in the 64th minute. A couple of yellow cards get exchanged. Kingsley Coleman comes on for Anthony Griezmann, and Camavinga comes on for Teo Hernandez. And at that Come point, here. I looked at you and said, "This match is." Yep, you certainly and I did. I truly, truly thought that it was. And, and I, I am not the type of guy. I am not the type of guy who just calls that. Oh no, it's over. It's over. I mean, I was yelling at you and Pence because you thought Pence were over based on who got to go first, and I was like, no, let's calm down. Hold on a minute. Look, I but took that when that back. happened, yeah, don't. And go. I still think you read it That's wrong, but anyway. When Camavinga and Coleman comes on and Griezmann comes off, now Griezmann and Giroud are off, and I'm thinking, this isn't what got you here. Mm-hmm. They're good players. Kingsley Coleman was great, and he was instrumental in the second goal. I don't understand yeah. how he – he. T- I, I, I hesitate to say he even tackled Messi for that second goal. He just took the ball off him. Messi had the mm-hmm. ball, and then he didn't, and I don't know what happened there, but – Anyway, those two things happen, and then in the run of 97 seconds, Kylian Mbappe has two. One on a yep. penalty, and one off of just a beautiful run of play. Um, the penalty, that was when he was getting – someone got pulled Pull. back, if I remember uh, correctly. Oh, that meant he was pulling him back. No, you can't. Uh, uh-uh. uh. No, he pulled him back. Pulling him back. Was it soft? Yes, but he pulled him back. It was softer than the foul against Di Maria. That's how soft it was. Yeah, you got it some rose-colored glasses on. You got some rose-colored glasses on. If you think it was that much softer, it was. <clears throat> if it was soft, any softer, I could have fallen asleep on it. It was not softer than the first pen. You can't <laughs> pull him back like that. You can't. And the problem is, it's like anything else. You run into a guy, and uh, Upa Makano did it a ton of times. You run into a guy, and you keep it close, and the most you overextend is like this. Well, now I'm fighting for the ball, but the second I do this, well, now I've pushed him. And it's the same thing. If you're able to get that arm into his arm and hold him back that way, well, now we're just two guys running. But the second I go over the top of the shoulder and do this, that's a pen. It's a pen. I know you don't want it to be what it is. I didn't at that moment. 
Well, Kylian Mbappe does Mbappe things. Um, yes, he does. Emmy Martinez got a finger to it. Yes, he did. And it did not matter one bit. That is how hard Mbappe hit that ball. If I was trying to make that save, I would have broken my finger on that. <laughs> Just, and it's gone. Yeah. And then 97 seconds later, like we said, Kingsley Coleman just robes Messi. Messi had a really bad run of play for about 15 minutes at the end of the match. I'm not 100% sure what happened. I don't know if his hamstring started to bother him. I don't know if he was tired, and then he found a second win. I have no idea what happened, but he had a bad 15 minutes of play. And Kingsley Coleman just takes the ball off of him, and it ends up on a break with Mbappe, and Mbappe – it, it was. It reminded me. It was very similar to the Di Maria goal in a finish. Yes, sort of. And just like that, it was two-two. Just, yeah. Bar was Gone. half cheering and half silent. It was. It was amazing. It was both at the yeah. same time. I couldn't believe nope. what was happening. No, it was crazy. I think I was then, listening to the people next to me in the bar. And they were like, yeah, I want France to score one to make it a game. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> Stop with your nonsense. <laughs> and they score one. And they're like, okay, it's a game. And then it was again. And I was like, this is what you wanted, didn't you? <laughs> this is this was, again, maybe the best World Cup final ever. I was I enjoyed every minute of it. So did I. It was fantastic. As a guy who wanted Argentina to win but didn't really care. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, we go to extra time. Now, keep in mind, at this point, my prediction is still in play. Yes, and I remember we said that in like the 60th minute when it was 2-0 Argentina, and I'm like, you know, I could still actually be right. And then they score those two in the 80, yeah, 80th and 81st minute, and I'm just yep. looking at you like, dude, dude, I called this. Didn't call this. We get to extra time. Um, Drew gets a yellow for yelling on the bench. Love that. Why not? Um, pretty much everyone else comes on who hadn't. Uh, Yusuf Fafana comes on for on. Adrian Rabio. Yeah. Fucking Paredes came on. Lataro Martinez came on. Gonzalo Montiel came on. Uh um, there's a FIFA subreddit all about like FIFA career mode, and someone posted a picture of Lotaro Martinez and asked if he was the Iguain regen. Oh, like, that's oh. painful. Yeah, but he kind of is too. Yeah. Except for he's got a World Cup, so yeah, don't worry about that. it. Yeah. Talk about not showing up, dude. Bro, it was awful. Just nothing. He was His hair doesn't even look good. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, nah, I mean, he was brutal. I don't know if you get to say that. I do. <laughs> anyway, 108th minute, Leo Messi gets a ball over the line. Barely, but over the line. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful, wonderful block by the defenseman. He just needed to be six inches forward. Yep. And he was I mean, And it, now you're it, thinking... It was... It was building up for that Argentina goal anyway at that point, too. Oh, it was. It was. But now you're thinking at this point, Argentina's got this. 
this is yep. it. This is how, you know, I can see it in the stars. This is storybook ending. Nope. Not like that, though. Sad. Sad, sad. Mbappe, you know, decided to get another penalty. PK there. Well, and it was. You can't hold your arm up like that. Uh, someone brought up a very good point. No VAR on that. Which I um, thought was amazing that they didn't even like. Bother. I'd want to take a look at it. You have to. It's the biggest stage in the world. Well, maybe someone came down and just said, oh, you don't have to. Don't worry about it. Like, oh, I, hey, you totally got that. As all refs do, you know, they just nail everything. But, Do you remember whose hand I hit off of? Paredes. Of course. Was it really? I'm dead serious. It hit Paredes' hand. His arm was up like this, and it hit him in the arm. I'm like man, 95% man, sure it was Paredes. You. I'm telling you, he's not any good. I, I mean, he, I it's mean, hard he is to good, believe he's that he's a liability. He he's a he's liability. Three goals, I think, this tournament. Against and he's a reason Arden. I had to go into extra time. <clears throat> yeah. He's twice a Dutch. Yeah. No, I, that's what I'm saying. He's caused three goals against Argentina. I am he's, watching the video, but yep, it's priorities. Yeah. I, I thought I said that. Keep your hands down, dude. He's a clown. He is. You know what he is? He's kind of a ghoul. But like a bad. I think that might actually be the best way. Oh no, it was Montiel. Montiel was number four. It was Montiel. Ah, Well, I still stand by all those. On the ground, going, "Oh my god, I didn't realize what happened." Anyway, sorry, not sorry. You're still good. I'm not. Mopley makes it three three, and then we're on the pins. Yes, he did. Hat trick. Hat trick. Hat trick. Yeah. You scored. Twice in 97 seconds. Mm-hmm. And you still lose. Yep. Yeah, I mean, lose. like, it was it was Mbappe <laughs> versus the entire Argentinian team, practically. I, I mean, the guy did all that he could, and he still couldn't come away with a win. I Go don't... Pens. You don't... I don't think I'm too concerned about France even next year and them going back to the finals, but that's after this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they have, um, we talked about them, their goalie, Hugo Lloris will probably not be in it four years from now. Could, um, probably not, but most of their team's young and good. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be okay. I mean, they, Mbappe's already had one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt like. We go to Pens. Yeah. We go to Pens. France goes first, and you say it's over. France wins. And I, I did slap you on the top of your head. You did? No, but I oh. wanted to. <laughs> me, I didn't have room at that point. That's true. You were getting pushed off the bar to bar stool. Killing Mbappe nails it. Leo Messi. He like put nothing on it, and he still scored. No, 
It was the sweetest. I, I think I'd take that over. What is it? A, a, a panteca? Is that is that the, the thing? Panteca. Yeah. Panteca. I'd take that pass. Like that nice little boop. Kingsley Coleman comes up. I mean, Martinez saves it. Yes, he does. Pollock comes up. Goal. Yep. Tushimene comes up. A bunch of shithousery by oh, God. Martinez. Just a ton. Takes the ball for a walk, waves to the crowd, throws it away, whole nine yards. Tushimene puts it wide. And at that point, it was really over. Nine games. Leandro Paredes gets a goal. Uh, Muani does score. Keep yep. France in it, but then Montiel comes in and scores four three four two. Sorry, Argentina wins. Crowd goes Argentina. wild. Um, I mean Martinez uses the Golden Glove as a male appendage. <laughs> they put Messi in the weirdest like shawl thing. Ugh. Okay. That they had to like help him into. It was very weird. <coughs> Um, Golden Boy winner was Fernandez. Golden Boot was Mbappe. Yep, that makes sense. Leo Messi got the golden ball. Mbappe got the silver ball, and Luka Modric got the bronze ball. There's a lot of people complaining about Modric getting the bronze ball. Um, Instead of. I don't know. When you start talking about Amrabat, Gavardial. I figured one of the. Oh, like one of those guys. You know, one of those guys who played really well. Yeah. Um, they said that they only gave it to players who – this is, again, people complaining online, so take that with a gigantic grain of salt. Um, they said, oh, you only give it to players because name recognition. I'm like, I didn't even know they gave out the bronze ball, so. There's that. <laughs> no, I uh, – uh, Mbappe had to – uh, like I said, he won the Golden Boot, so we had to have a very funny picture with the three Argentinians and their awards, and then him. Yep. He put on a good Sad. face for it. I'll give him. I'll give him credit. He put on a good face for it, but that was it. Argentinians yep. go crazy the world over. World Cup is done. The books are closed, everybody. So now I want to ask you a couple questions about the World Cup. Hit me. First of all. Yes. Fox coverage, one to ten. Two, room for improvement. <laughs> I think two is a little harsh. Maybe four. I just, it was so bad. Four only because I did like the um, the commercial they did. For whatever that's worth. It's not. It doesn't. It's not worth it for me at all. It, it's all about the game, and they did a terrible job with their their highlights are terrible, their camera angles were terrible. Their first off, I want to complain about the the highlights. You are filming the World Cup, and you give me five minutes of highlights. I get extended highlights from the EPL from the Premier League, and it's 15-ish minutes. But I only get five for the World Cup? What are you doing? And then they always seemed off on their timing of panning away to see replays, um, then switch it back to gameplay. Um, 
their commentators were all right. I'm not really going to complain about that too much. Uh, it's just a lot of the, the camera was just awful. Like all the things that should be in the World Cup, like, you know, visually were bad. No, I agree. Um, so, sorry, I was looking it up. Fox has always had an issue, and I want to make sure I have my facts right before I said this, but I do, so here we go. Fox has always had an issue with not keeping it on the field. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the 2013 World Series, game four ended, might have been game five. It's one of the games that the Red Sox won in St. Louis. Ended when Koji Uehara picked off Colton Wong at first. Mm. And nobody saw it live because we were looking at a picture of a worried-looking woman with, like, a shark hat on. Yeah. And then suddenly the game was over. And we're like, what the hell just happened? Like, you can't screw that up. And they never learn from it. They're always panning away at the wrong moment. Oh, there's no continuing in the stadium who has a look on his face. Yeah, there's someone three feet away from me with that same look. I don't need that. (laughs) They're just bad. I don't get it. Um, All right. Favorite match that wasn't the World Cup final because it's obviously the World Cup final. Uh, Why do you got to do that? Um, You go first. I can't think. I need need a minute. I didn't prepare for that one. Hold on. Fair enough. Um, I think my favorite match that wasn't the World Cup final probably has to go to the Argentina-Netherlands quarterfinal mm-hmm. just because it was like oh they got it they got it in the bag and then to watch the dutch claw back and then because this is probably my favorite moment that didn't come from the world cup final that yeah. cheeky little through ball on that free kick was just oh, that was, oh it was that so was, beautiful yeah it was really to clever. have the cojones to go for that and then to nail it i loved it Obviously, you know, we were pulling for Argentina at that point, and after the Dutch beat the U.S., it's anyone but the Dutch, but that that was just – that was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm going to go with um, either Japan games beating Germany or Spain. Honestly, those were very shocking um, defeats, and nobody expected that. Um the Japan-Spain game, when the ball was over the line, except for it actually it wasn't. Yeah. And the only reason why we know that was because of the technology. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. either one of those. I agree with that. That was another top moment. That feels like a lifetime ago at this point, but you're absolutely right. right. Yeah. That was another top moment where I, I – I mean, I was arguing. I'm like, listen, I'm happy for Japan, but how is this not out? How is this not out? And then, like, it finally yeah. came out and they showed – Holy crap. Just the tip of your finger now. (laughs) That's crazy. And then anything Morocco did. I mean, good job for Morocco. Again, we can't give enough praise, obviously. They they made it this far. So um who do you think had the worst team showing? Hmm worst huh 
God, it's got to be the easy one, right? Like Germany. See, and I don't, and this is why I'm curious because you say the easy one. For me, this is not easy. Germany's definitely in there. Absolutely, Germany's in there. Oh, you know who I skipped? I mean, tell me who yours is. I think it's even worse than that. Denmark. Denmark got one point, and they were supposed to be the dark horses. Denmark did get one point. See, this is what we got to go back. Denmark got one point. To remind everyone of the Denmark group, it was France, Australia, Tunisia, and Denmark. Australia, who was going to be everyone's holy crap, how'd they get here a moment, except for the fact, you know, Morocco did what Morocco did. Mm -hmm. Although, in fairness, I think there was a lot of people overlooking Morocco, including us. Yeah. You know, we did not have Morocco doing anything. I think our joke was, can Zayish carry an entire team? Uh, We missed hard. Yep, we did. But I I think it's actually got to be Denmark for me. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Uh, Worst individual showing. Um. I mean, I, I don't want to – because he just won a World Cup. Lataro. Lataro. He was pretty bad, that. man. He was pretty bad. I mean, the fact – he was carried. Um, let me think. Uh, Mueller. Mueller had a terrible tournament. For me, I, I think, think it had to be Mueller just because he played more minutes. I think the worst I saw anyone play this entire World Cup was Lukaku. But oh he was injured. He played. He came in late. I don't really want to stamp him with that. I do think Mueller, um, which also is going to lead into, and I am going to jump on this, worst manager. And for me, it's Hansi Flick. No matter how bad Mueller played up top, he still put him up there while full crew just sat on the bench. And then every time Fulker came in, goals got scored, and he just refused to do it until it was too little, too late, and now they got bounced in the group stages for two years in a row. So Hansi Flick, definitely worst manager for me. Um, I actually – I'm okay with that, but I am actually going to go with uh, Southgate. Yeah, Southgate, because he has that much abundance of talent, and you get bounced. For, I know I'm calling this the, the Euros. They got bounced in the Euros, and then you get bounced in the quarterfinals, and you were the more dominant team against France in that particular game. They really should have come out of that game. I mean, Winning. so I think it's Southgate. You say, I really you think say he got bounced in the quarterfinals. Spain didn't make the quarters. Switzerland didn't make the corners. Denmark didn't make the quarters. Netherlands got bounced in the quarters. Brazil got bounced in the quarters. They lost to a team that just lost the World Cup on penalties. I I just think the the way that England is built, they could have done better. And in his substitutions and in his team pickings, I think he could have done better. 
<coughs> so if we're going to look at this from a substitution standpoint, I agree with you. I did not like his subs. First of all, his subs come way too late. Yep. And I don't like that. We had this argument before about Madison, and I agree. My problem with the English team has nothing to do with Southgate. Does he have an abundance of talent? Yes. In fact, he almost has so much talent that the starting 11 doesn't matter to a point. But the issue is their talent is concentrated so much in the midfield and the attack. And apart from Kyle Walker, none of their defenders. I mean, I can think of like 20 guys I take before I take one of their left back or their center backs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's an issue. So now you're covering for them all the time, and I think he's doing a decent job of trying to do that. I think Declan Rice is doing a ton of work. But you, you saw it happen, and again, going back to what I know, you've seen it happen with Arsenal, where we didn't have that great number six, right? So we were covering all the time with crappy center backs, and we weren't able to actually expressively play. And the second we got a number six and a couple good center backs that can hold it down, and then we are able to push everything up. Um, now, going back to what I said at the beginning of this, your job is to find how your best 11 players in their spots play on the field. Yeah. So forcing your team to play a way that doesn't fit what your defense can do is being a bad manager. I'm not entirely convinced of that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how else you would play the this English team. But going back to your point, especially if we're talking about substitutions, Southgate's got to be up there, which is like the worst. I just feel like because of timing. Yeah, I just don't think he thinks quick enough. I don't I think he breaks down information too slowly. That's yep, and that's why yep. I think he's then, not a good coach. Well, and when like so Raheem Sterling came on in that English France match and didn't have any idea what he was doing. No. Mason Mouse a damn good soccer player. Yes. Marcus Rashford is a damn good soccer player. Yep. Jack Grealish is a damn good soccer player. James Madison, who we've been bringing up this entire time, damn good soccer player. No one saw the field until after the Olivier Giroud goal made it 2-1, and that yep. was the 79th minute. And then what are you going to do with that? That's reactionary. That's not trying to win the game. That's reacting to the game. And that's not good enough. Nope. Um, dark horse for not good manager, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, would have been dark horse if his subs didn't work out, but there was a point in this match when I was like, Diddy, or what are you doing? Yeah. Now they got back into it, but they didn't use their bench like ever. No. The one time they really used their bench was in the, I believe, Tunisia game that they lost because they played everybody, huge rotation, and then they tried to scramble back for points. Yeah, All right, uh, talking enough about the bad, what about the good? The Best good. manager. Best manager. Um, it's got to be the man who just won the tournament. And I'm drawing a blank on his freaking name. Scaloni. Scaloni. 
because I think he made the right moves every time except for the, whenever he put on Paredes. I think that was... <laughs> I, we're on the ban Paredes parade, um, but I, I think he's he did a fine job. I think he got he he got his players to buy into what he was selling. Well, I'm kind of happy he said that because now we're not going to both pick the same guy. Uh, but for me, it's Morocco Swalid Regragui. I don't know exactly how to say his name. The Moroccan manager. God, was he good. Yeah. And even like... And it wasn't just like... Morocco had a better team than we thought they did, but he always put the right formation out. Except for the last one, but yeah. Even then, I'm not sure. And I did not watch a third place game. I'm sorry. But even then, I'm not sure that he put the wrong ones out against France. I think France was just that good. His subs always come at the right time. Yes. You know? And also, when you look at how injured they were, they lost Maserai, and it was... Sassy. Well, they lost Sassy, too. But the guy who replaced Maserai, it was was almost like like for like. Maserai plays for Bayern Munich. Yeah. And he just slotted him into the formation. He had everyone buying into what he was selling. Mm-hmm. And all the way to the – I mean, they're, they're placed fourth in the tournament. Which is awesome. Yeah, so. it has to be him. Um, <clears throat> one more question for you. Rip it. What was it? What was it? What was it? Oh, um, stoppage time. Mm-hmm. Do you think it. that long stoppage time is here to stay? No, I don't. I so I think maybe in major tournaments they might do it. I don't think domestically people are going to pick up on it. Well, so it doesn't matter what people pick up on. People didn't pick up on stoppage time when it first started. Okay, well, I guess if you're going to go that deep, then no, I will stick to my stance and say it will not stay. Unless it's the World Cup, because they've shown that they're going to do that. I don't know. I kind of like it. I do. You know, uh, this whole five minutes because I decided five minutes when you're like, I don't know. I feel like there's been plenty of stoppages and time wasting that's gone on. My problem is uh, players' um, fitness and condition. Like, if you have these players play all these tournaments and you have all these players play these cups and then domestic, and now you're stretching them out even farther with stop long stoppage times. Well, the solution to that is to not have them play so many games. Well, that is I what they're not going I mean, to. I, I agree with you. I agree with you with five more minutes per match isn't helpful, but you have to do that. Quick math, quick math. Like 20 times before you actually add an extra match. So you'd be adding one and a half matches per Premier League season, essentially. Maybe no, two matches. Two. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, my, that's my take on that. I, th- I don't think it's good for the players. If you want to cut out a, a cup, like a Carabao Cup, something like at that level, fine. But if you're going to have all these players play these tournaments, then I'm not on board for the extra time like that. 
Protect the players. I mean, yeah, shouldn't have just had a World Cup when we did if we were going to do that. But, yeah. Well, cha I agree with you. All right. <laughs> Anything else about the World Cup you want to talk about? Um, no, I think this has been a fantastic World Cup of a lot of twists and turns, and uh, this is exactly what FIFA wanted. I mean, they couldn't have wrote a better script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, probably. I know Messi feels that way right now. I'm sure. All right, so with that concludes our coverage of the 2022 FIFA World Cup. We are three and a half years away from it being right in our back door. And Let's go. On our hat and our pants, too, apparently. We don't have to qualify for these ones. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Are they going to actually let all three teams auto-qualify? Why not? They're on all three turfs. I don't. Well, why not? It's because that's three positions. Oh, well. They shouldn't have put it in that's three like different places. Sewn up. Well, you might be going to Copa oh. America now. Well, Conmebol and CONCACAF might become one. I can see that. Every once in a while, the Copa America, we they let CONCACAF teams partake in. Aha. Uh-huh. That does happen. Well, I bet in, I'm betting that all three of them are going to get in. All right. Well, World Cup's over. We're going to go back to being just a Premier League podcast. Um, I believe the plan is for us to get a Premier League revamp, rework, re, you know, reminder. This is a league. Yeah. We all do this. Um, out before December 26th, also known as Boxing Day, because mm-hmm. that's when it's back. I think every single team plays on Boxing Day. I would agree with that statement if I had it in front of my face. I can let you know. And a lot of teams play on Boxing Day. I can tell you. I can tell you one. So it's like eight games. And then two on Tuesday and one on Wednesday. Seven games. Tottenham Hotspur and Brentford at 7.30. Thank God I don't have to wake up for that. Uh, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Everton, Wolverhampton, Wanderers, Leicester City, Newcastle, Southampton, Brighton, and Hove Albion all at 10. Austin Villa host Liverpool at 12.30, and Arsenal host West Ham in a London derby at 3 p.m. Sweet. And Tuesday, December 27th, has Chelsea and Bournemouth at 12.30, and Man U in Nottingham Forest at 3 and then Wednesday has Leeds United and Manchester City at 3 p.m. Yep. Man, I love the World Cup, and I'm excited about this. Yeah, me Even too. though Gabriel Jesus is out for, I mean, at this point, probably the rest of the season. Sad. Every time I look, it seems to be longer. So Sad. We'll see what happens. That'll be for another podcast. Uh, for right now, <clears throat> if you like the podcast or if you like the shorts or if you like any of that, we are Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on TikTok. Look us up there. Uh, we're pretty active on Instagram. Um, a lot of Premier League-based news, a lot of reels, all the stuff that we do there. Decently active on TikTok. I don't know. I'm still getting used to TikTok. And we're then trying. Facebook's thing still, amazingly. So, you know, there's that. Um, We are under the umbrella of Wicked Good Sports, which has 
a bunch of your sporting needs. Miami Minute covers the Dolphins. Bayou Breakdown covers the Saints. At the Buzzer covers the Celtics. Um, Power Play covers the Bruins. I sometimes do Around the Diamond, which covers the Red Sox when I have time. And then I do Way West End, which covers the Arsenal. And this guy covers uh, Austin Villa on the Villa Villa. Villa 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 Villa. Lots of Villas. So go ahead, check them out. They're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whole nine yards. They're all over the place. Um, apart from that, uh, if you are in the Capital Region, please check out Wolf's Bear Garden. It's where the Albany Gooners meet up. It's where anyone else who watches soccer meets up in this area. They did a fantastic job with this World Cup. The Jennings Landing for the England-USA match was amazing. Yeah, um, hats off to you guys. That was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was clean. Bartenders probably need two weeks off. We're not going <laughs> to give it to them. But it was just fantastic. So, all right. Anything else? Nah, we can wrap this sucker up. All right. If you are still listening, thank you guys very much. Good night, everybody. Thank you guys for watching. We really appreciate you guys uh, hanging around here with us. Uh, if you enjoyed these clips, uh, go check us out on Wicked Good Sports, um, where we have all kinds of soccer coverage, um, as well as our main podcast here, Swinging at Shins. Um, you can find the links in the description below.